This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Altitude. Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to the podcast, Altitude Adjustment. It is Saturday afternoon, May the 7th, 2 p.m., 2.01 p.m., and uh, my co-host today joining me is Warren Harper, uh, our other co- our other partner uh, is still uh, dealing with some medical issues, and we do hope that everything um, continues to work out for him. He's getting better, and we look forward to having him back soon. But we do want him to know we do miss him. Um, so I don't have anybody to antagonize because Warren won't let me antagonize him much. That's it. I'm <laughs> just not up for it right now. So back off. <laughs> so today's uh, today's episode is about billionaire bullshit. Um. To start, we are going to talk about a person who claims to be a billionaire, but may not does not necessarily belong in that exclusive club. And then we'll get on to some real billionaires. Hmm? I didn't say anything. All righty. Very good. Um, before we started, uh, the com- before we started, you know, we, we have these little conversations. And today we were talking about, um, Warren brought up, Trump's Facebook um, purgatory. Yeah. So, Managed. huh? Banned from Facebook for a while. Yeah, and so you were asking me what what did I think of it? Was that was that the question? No, I just no. I asked you how long you think they keep them off. How long was the question? I so. Which is it's interesting. I was listening to a, a video. So first off, I don't know how long they're going to keep him off. Yeah, that was the whole issue is that they didn't set a specific time and, and they were saying that was unprecedented. They should be all right for a certain time and then you're back or permanent. And they just kind of left that open, I think. Well, for me personally, <laughs> I don't think that they should have been making that rule, making that determination as to whether or not he should be on their platform. Mm-hmm. If you have a business and you have a bakery and a gay person walks in and asks you to bake a cake, mm-hmm. you should not be allowed to deny that person to buy a cake. If you use, if you are a, a, a company that caters to the public, Facebook caters to the public. Okay. Facebook should not be allowed to say, we're not going to. Now, I, I understand we have this no rules, no, I mean, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. That's community standards. Mm-hmm. That's a different practice than just saying, I don't like what you stand for. So I think as a community, we should set up uh, community guidelines for uh, being banned from a platform. 
Well, and I think that would resolve the problem with Trump. I think the problem with Trump is that his words ignite people and cause them to do great harm, which is what that January 6th incident proved. And I, I believe the reason they can justify banning him based on that is, is good. Uh, so look at the cake situation. What if um, people baking a cake knew that people buying this cake were going to do something evil with it, like put a bomb in it and blow up the wedding or kill some folks. Okay. <laughs> Would you be justified in not baking that cake? So I'm just saying. I I I understand your question and and I'm going to shoot that down. I mean I'm going to answer that now. You're gonna blow it up. <laughs> I'm gonna blow it up. So <clears throat> so so in your scenario someone is going to do something nefarious with the product that you provide to them. Mm -hmm. You have a belief of that. Mm -hmm. um, my thought on this, this subject is in the instance of the cake, I mean, so no, I don't, I think it's going to be difficult to make a, a flat blanket rule for every product. So like um, I would not, say the same thing about dynamite. Um, dynamite has a, a, a different, uh, there's something different about the way, you know, the use of dynamite versus a cake that has been modified to explode. Mm -hmm. um, but the situation is, is if you believe that someone is going to buy your product and that they're going to do something nefarious, put a, file in it and uh, send it to the local prison so that their cousin can get out of jail, which, okay. And I think it's your responsibility to turn that over to the authorities. It's not your responsibility to become the authorities. Okay. That's why we have authorities. That's why we have people who are trained at spotting these kinds of behaviors, um, and we, the public, then assist them in making sure that their job is better done. When we have vigilantes, what if the guy uh, walks into there and says, I'm buying a cake, I'm going to blow up um, the local um, parking lot. Um, and he walks out. And then, and you decide not to sell him. You don't know if he's joking. You don't know if he what his sense of humor is. You probably know nothing about this person, and so you are acting on little or no information, and you can't investigate to get any other information to determine if this individual is is acting honestly or if he's being silly, he or she, or whatever the case may be. So, for me, again. Put put the put the onus of resolving the situation on people who are trained to resolve the situation, and not deputize every human being to, you know, decide what should happen in society. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And then if um, you did what you could, you notified the authorities of what you 
perceive the sinister plot, you know, that was revealed to you. I'm going to blow up this wedding with this cake. And the authorities drop the ball and don't act. I guess you can just live with that. 50 people die. Oh, well, not my problem. <laughs> okay. So legally, probably, probably would be wrong. I give you that. Well, I just, I just, I'm more for, <clears throat> so we can't all be trained in everything that we, we can't all be the best trained in everything we do. I don't anticipate that a baker is going to be a psychology major. It is quite possible with our current system that our psychology majors will end up baking for a living. Aside from that, um, if you don't have the skill set to investigate and identify and um, intervene in situations, I think it's best we leave it up to people that are and that we make sure that in our society we have people trained to do those kinds of things. That's important. It's important to have people who can read psychological profiles, who can um, investigate issues, look into backgrounds of people who walk into cake shops and order a, a cake big enough to put an atomic weapon in. So, so it's important that we have those responsibilities, and I think it's important that we leave those responsibilities to the people um, that are trained. And one of the things that you know, further enforces that is now we've, and, and I don't want to get off into the gun topic, but we're just giving everybody a gun and asking them to be police. What could go wrong with that? Oh, a whole lot could go wrong. And exactly. It will. So if we, if we don't ask people to, uh, acquiesce to better trained people. What 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 could go wrong with that? You could you could easily make a mistake, and you could easily misidentify somebody, and you could actually wind up. You know, maybe um, the person becomes insistent. They, I want this cake, and you shoot them. The the cake the store owner shoots them, right? Because they firmly believe this person wants to put a bomb in this cake and kill somebody. You know, they haven't been trained in identifying if this person's real or et cetera. And then they use dangerous force because we've deputized, we've essentially deputized them to, you know, resolve issues on their own. So getting back to the Facebook issue. Well, even if they. Uh... Go ahead. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you had paused. No, go ahead. Well, okay. Um, even if even if the situation was real, um, you don't have the authority. You don't have the, the legal position to discriminate unless you can prove, you know, at, have solid proof. But I wanted to go back to uh, another scenario when we talked about um, the people that, that are trained to uh, handle situations like that. I want to go back to the Capitol incident. 
all of the people we had trained and in the proper position had all the data, all the information to stop this event, but somehow they didn't do it. And I think the reason it wasn't done was because they didn't want it stopped. This this was an inside job uh, as far as people with authority goes because these people could have done things, could have made things happen, and it wasn't one person, but it was uh, enough people to, to make the whole situation a uh, complete failure. But maybe it was a success in certain people's eyes, I'm pretty sure. A lot of people were saying, yeah, like Josh Hawley, <laughs> for example. They got it done. They didn't stop. They didn't stop the steal because there was no steal. But they caused enough damage to um, make the country look ridiculous and make it look like we have no control. Okay. Um, I, you know, that's way away from uh, Trump on Facebook. So I'm just going to go back to Trump on Facebook. Um. Again, but Trump I don't... was behind it. That that was connected to Trump on Facebook. Oh, oh that's that's really <laughs> bad. Oh, that is so bad. <laughs> you you're gonna pull that out of the hat, okay? They were acting on his words. But on that's his not Trump on Facebook. It still has nothing to do with Trump on Facebook. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't think that was connected? But that's several degrees of separation. How do we get from from uh, account on Facebook to killing folks in D.C.? Well, Facebook gives him the, a voice that that reached beyond measure, and I and when I understand you, that, and and unite behind that, and we can right? and we can debate um, the results of his speech. But mm -hmm. you were asking for an analysis of that situation, which has, which is not about him on Facebook. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I, I get what you're saying, but you know, he, the Facebook gave him the reach to, to. So you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to resolve the issue of Trump on Facebook. What you want to do is keep connecting dots down the road. So we get to this conversation about, you know, the, the insurrection. Is that, is that how we do this? I think if we continue to allow people to use media in that way, um, we just got some issues. Right. Now, and that's, maybe. and that was the whole issue of community standards is that we as a community decide who should be kicked on and off and of, you know, what standards can be applied mm -hmm. to someone being denied the access to, social media to to public resources and so the whole discussion so there's another discussion that's ancillary to that of uh, regulating social media platforms like we do uh, telecommunications companies utilities yeah. um, because they are a public service and so that's that's also another discussion but uh, but it's something that brings that is part of this conversation about Trump on Facebook. Um, I don't. I I tend to tread lightly on giving the power to 
a small group of people to mm-hmm. determine community standards. I got you. And that's, uh, and that's where right. I'm falling down on. I, do, I don't want to give a small group of people, especially people that have, um, you know, made mistakes like, uh, so, so in, in Facebook's early days, they talked about just do it and if it breaks, then we'll deal with it. There are consequences when things break. And uh-huh. you, there are some consequences you can't undo. And I don't want to give people with that kind of cavalier attitude control over how society, um, what, what in society is acceptable and unacceptable. Okay, so who ultimately should be in charge of setting the community standards? The community. That's why it's called community standards. And who, who, who exactly would that be, though? That's us. That's that's so so. You would petition your your politician, your your representative, that you think that uh, this law needs to be in place, or these are the community standards that need to be enforced. Uh, then we draft out that, and we turn it into law, and then we put teeth behind it. The, the way you have to put teeth behind it is, is you have to enforce it by law. There are some standards that we enforce as a community that don't require necessarily um, law enforcement intervention. So some things like not using your phone at the checkout line. You know, that's something we don't really want the police to get involved in, but it's something we want to implement as a community. So, so we need to um, make sure that we have strong community standards and strong um, uh, legal standards. So are you saying we need laws to keep people off the phones in the checkout line? Uh, you didn't. Okay. So what I said was <laughs> we don't need to have laws okay. to stop people in the checkout line. That right. is that is a social standard um, that we expect and hold each other to. So, sure. so if you're on the phone and someone says to you, "Hey, you know, you're you're kind of interrupting everybody," mm-hmm. you know, that's an attempt to enforce a community standard without law enforcement. And without we need law to, enforcement. And we need to find a way to have those standards so that we don't have to have law enforcement involved in everything because um, we don't want security or we don't want strong arm tactics for everything. Some things uh-huh. just have to be, um, um, you have to have some kind of shame. You know, to right. St- so you're so- not talking about the same community standard when you're talking about okay uh, the facebook issue with trump versus um conduct in in public you, you those are both community standards but are they on a different level right is that what you're one is enforced by law and the other is enforced by human by our behavior our expectations of one another yeah the question is with law in today's political climate 
I mean, even the most serious um, cases uh, get get to be ridiculously uh, bogged down with uh, partisan BS, and it, it's it's crazy trying to get decent laws passed now in this political climate. That's a problem. Right, and so if that's the case, then we need to fix our system. We need to fix, we need to find a way to move forward that's necessary for a society to sustain itself. If we don't pass those laws, there will be a continued breakdown in communication. There will be a continued breakdown in the ability to get things done. And at some point, people are either going to realize that not putting those into place is causing more damage than being able to put them into place and enforce them. So has any legislation been attempt, uh, put forth yet on this uh, Facebook issue with Trump? or are we We're just, in the process uh, of, of getting to that. Right. So Facebook has, so Mark Zuckerberg says, yeah, we need, we need, you know, government to come in and regulate. We have a lot of people talking about regulating um, social media. So, so the conversation is being had um, and then we'll gradually get to a point of where either we're going to do something about it or we're not. Yeah. But this, this uh, group that he put together just recently to come to this decision, they, they had nothing to do with uh, our government. That was independent, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. And even they say, and if you look at the news down below, if you're, if you're watching and if you're listening, um, let's see, uh, it'll come up. I think it's on uh, Facebook. I mean, um, on NPR, on NPR, uh, the group talked about how, Donald Trump wasn't the problem. Facebook is the problem because they, because they didn't follow their own standards. Uh Yeah. So here's, here's the headline coming up in first big test oversight board says Facebook, not Trump is the problem. And if you read the article, it goes into why they think that that is the case. And, and they give a pretty good argument along the lines of what we were talking about is that, you know, Facebook didn't stand by its own standards and uh-huh. you can't have arbitrary standards uh, applied to different people at different times because it's inconsistent. And that inconsistency right. will cause people not to trust the system. So is that basically saying they let Trump uh, get away with things that uh, ordinary people uh, would have been put off for, they let them go too far based on the current, the standards that already existed. No, what they're saying is, is that Facebook, um, none of Facebook's um, agreement says that you can, you would be held, uh, you would be held indefinitely, uh, kicked off indefinitely from the site. So they, they, by kicking um, Trump off indefinitely, they did not adhere to their own standards and practices. So there's uh-huh. none of their standards and practices that says you can be kicked off uh, of the system indefinitely. Right. Okay. So they didn't follow their own standards and practices. So they're saying 
if they had followed their standards and practices, the situation with Trump wouldn't be some arbitrary deadline. Gotcha. Gotcha. So basically he would, he would, he would be on. I don't know. <laughs> they, they, it's not clear. Well, he could have been kicked off permanently. Okay. Gotcha. And that's, that's identified in their terms of service in their service uh -huh. agreement. When you sign on and say, if you do, if you violate this rule, you can be banned from the system. And it's quite possible that he could have been. So, uh, you know, that was political. I guess they just didn't want to go that far to push Trump all the way off. Huh? I have no idea. I don't I don't know what was in their mind when they did what they did. Yeah, well, it, it was fear of something. <laughs> OK, so I want to jump on um, a quick question, quick on Liz Cheney. Um, although she's not. Well, let me let me come back. If we got time, we'll go we'll do the Liz Cheney. So. So I was doing my research for the show and ran across um, this article. Let me see if I can pull it up. I got a couple of things and I don't want to pull up the wrong thing. There we go. Alrighty. So this article was on Inc.com, and it talks about if you, um, so the headline reads, want to raise successful kids, question mark. Jeff Bezos says practice this simple, this one simple habit, and science backs it up. Um, and so I read the article. I read the article, and the article basically talks about Be uh, Bezos says the, it's super important that you uh, advise over and over, and he explicitly wants to encourage parents to preach to their children um, to uh, to commend them on their decisions and not on their gifts, so their to speak. gifts, right? Correct. And uh, the article also talks about um, the so the medical or the the uh, scientific research that they're using to support that in Bezos was done by Carol Dweck, D W E C K. Uh -huh. And so I I read, and this is a. So I, I went to their the, the article about her, or that she supposedly you know did, um, uh, talking about this her studies, her study and uh, type then it was on the same website, and the title of that article was "Science Says Praise Them Like This, But Most Parents Do the Opposite," and her premise was that you praise them for the decisions that they make and not for the innate abilities that they have. Right, right. So yeah. you praise them for making good decisions. You praise them for um, efforts that they give and not for the fact that 
that they are super smart or that they're super fast or they're super strong. And so the problem I had with all of that is that the way you know that a, a child is super smart is in the things that they do. So the way that you know a child is super fast or strong is that they've exhibited it in instances where it has been positive. So if a child is using their behavior in a negative way, you're not going to um, highlight that. So I think, and, and I understand what they're trying to get at. I just, I'm not completely resolved to the idea that they're absolutely right. That, um, yes, I do want to point out that my child makes good decisions. Uh -huh. uh, but I also want to point out that my child, you know, has performed well. And, and I don't, I can't think of, I can't think of any ability that you have that's not, that you don't work on. So innate means it, you're born with it and it's just, it's there. So uh -huh. let's say you're born, your child is smart, walks early, talks early. Um, your child, if he doesn't learn to walk, if he doesn't learn to talk, though, then the innateness of the ability is, is insignificant. So if a child is not required to walk, is not required to stand up, you know, to, to achieve things, they will never walk because there's no need to. So, so this innateness then becomes irrelevant. Does that make sense? Well, I guess you have to look at the situation uh, based on what, what's, what's trying to be done. And you're looking at their achievements versus uh, maybe some failures or things they didn't do well. And, it comes down to how they handle the, the, the situation as far as making a decision. Maybe like uh, if they, if they decide to go into one um, career choice versus another and, and they're successful. Um, I think he's saying that you can, you can praise them based on making a good decision uh, using the right information and, and coming to a good conclusion as opposed to just falling into something that's just, you know, where they have this innate talent, you know, it's just there and that's good, but they didn't have to put a lot of effort into making that choice because it was just there. They had to, on the other hand, they had to take some time and effort to figure out which way to go and what, what would work for them. So I'm just saying it kind of like that. Okay. So, so, so a child has a decision to make, mm -hmm. um, walks, walks into a room, um, and needs to get through the room and out the other side. Okay. Okay. 
So there's obstacles between entering the room and exiting the room. Okay. So one child moves the obstacles. Obstacles. It takes them 20 minutes to get through the room because they're constantly moving the obstacles to get out the other side. Mm-hmm. Another child climbs over the the obstacles, avoids the obstacles, and finds the quickest way out of the room and is out of the room in five minutes. Okay. Which one gets praised? Well, I don't think the example um, talked about making a choice. We were looking at one child from what I saw. And if considering that both, both kids made it out, I think they both could be praised, you know, based on the fact that they were successful. Very good. And so for me, this concept of praising a child for their thought processes doesn't mean anything. It means zip, nothing. Because there are different, there are other factors that go into that decision being smart or not there are other there. So, so what he's saying is, um, there is, there's a behavior I want you to exhibit. And what I will do is I will compliment you when you do it the way I think you should do it. I will compliment you when I think you have achieved intelligent behavior. And I think that's that's not that's bogus because different children are going to perform different ways, and that does not mean that one is smarter necessarily smarter than the other, but because of their their because their abilities because of you know the things that they've learned in time, you know they've made a decision. And they were able to get done what they needed to get done. And sometimes failure is necessary. Sure. Failure is necessary for the development. And so I, I just think that this was a specious argument. It... Well, yeah, I mean, I think the emphasis should really be put on the fact that uh, you can praise a child for for accomplishing things and and it comes down to how you do it i don't think there's any 100 percent right way but i think um focusing i think the the study was trying to focus on on how the process is made how the decision is made and and the outcome knowing that knowing that the thought process was carefully considered, executed, and it worked, I think is something worth praising. On the other hand, if it didn't work, you got another scenario. Uh, it doesn't address how you deal with that. But I think praise is, is positive. It's a positive thing, and I think it's good to, uh, to give praise when you see um, it do. Now, what happens if they don't? 
do so well is a whole other subject. But I, I think positive praise can can be very beneficial, and it it encourages uh, thoughtful decision. That's that's the way I was looking at it. No, I I I fully can appreciate complimenting your child. It is necessary. It's called positive reinforcement. Yes. Sometimes you have to allow your child to not get praise for something that they do. Okay. And I get all of that. I'm just saying that the argument that me praising my child for the decisions that they make and not praising them for um, for what I perceive as their innate abilities is a is a bad argument because I think you they need both and the fact that this doctor or this researcher um, agreed to the same thing leads me to want to question and I and I was I was reading through you know her research mm-hmm. and or, or, for what what was in the article so I'm guessing that there was more to it than than that um, I did not I was not convinced that this argument was the best argument that okay. that that what they were what they were putting forth was the best way to make things happen. We in this country have decided that if you are, if you make a lot of money, your opinion matters more that you're smarter because you made more money. I think I can see where some folks might see it like that. I definitely could see that. Then Jeff Bezos is definitely not somebody I would hold up as a um, moral authority. Okay. I, I would agree to that. So who cares what the hell he's got to say about raising kids? Well, I'm definitely not looking at him as a moral authority for sure. I just do feel though that um, it's it's a good idea to uh, praise good decisions. And I, that's I'm, the only thing I was looking at it. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm not. My my thing is so Jeff Bezos um, has has done some things that make me question his intent. I don't have a problem with him being a billionaire. I have a problem with some of the things that he's done as a billionaire. Okay. Okay. Um, With that being the case, then I'm going to question some of his moral decisions and his decision on raising children is one of them. Is what I'm saying. I get you. Okay. So um, uh, there's this uh, um, 
show that so on the hill they have uh i don't know if it's uh, it's not a podcast i don't know what they call it it's uh um called rising with crystal ball and sager and teji and jetty uh, and they did a, a little so they talked about um you know bezos op- owns the washington post and um Sagar had uh, a few things to say about that, and I'm going to share that with you, which is part of the reason it it interested me to talk about um, uh, billionaires. So let me run that real quick. But here is the summary. Jeff Bezos found himself in trouble because he was having an affair in broad daylight and he got caught doing it. He then turned public opinion on his side by casting himself as a righteous hero, defending Jamal Khashoggi's legacy against big bad MBS. But he didn't do that through spinning lies of his own. The very paper that he owns investigated and propagated those claims on his behalf. And worse, journalists across the media, absent a very select few, ran PR for Bezos. They hated Saudi Arabia. They hated the National Enquirer. They were willing to look past Bezos' affair. And they bought his explanation hook, line, and sinker. It went from what could have been the biggest cheating scandal since Tiger Woods got caught in 2009 to one in which Bezos is a hero. In a way, you have to respect the game. That's an incredible outcome. But more important is this. The people whose job it was to investigate those claims, however trivial they might be, were being paid by Jeff Bezos. And if they weren't being paid, they were working for friends of Jeff Bezos. Or they worked at other places where they eventually wanted to go work for Jeff Bezos. It is circular PR. By buying a single major media outlet, you actually end up owning people at the rest of them because it's just one tiny little family. And while I doubt this entire story or episode will ever be widely known, we know now have at least definitive proof that ownership of the Washington Post for Jeff Bezos has paid off in fantastical ways. He used it to help his image at the greatest personal crisis in his life, and he used it to run cover for him. Now, you think this is the first time. What happens if there's ever a bombshell story about Amazon? Or what happens if something else happens in his personal life? It pays to be the richest man in the world, and it pays even more to own the Washington Post. So so that was just a, a portion of the clip. It was about 11 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I put the link in the description. So if you can find the po- the podcast uh, on Facebook, on I mean, on, yeah, on Facebook, on Twitch, or on YouTube, you can listen to the whole uh, clip. And I encourage you to. I think it was very informative. Um, I, th- I thought they did a great job of... Uh, covering that situation and talking about it. Uh, they gave a lot of very good points. And um, so they're considered conservatives, but yet I don't think that they didn't attack Bezos because he's liberal. They attacked him because he misused a system that was designed to protect folks. Sure, sure. Kind of wonder, uh, what's worse, press being owned by billionaires and millionaires or the government? 
which one would you really trust when it gets down to certain things, you know? Well, it's going to be manipulated. I think I think when you when you say the government, you 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 cast the system as as corrupt. The, the system is only as corrupt as the people who run it. The government is us. The government well, is people that we elect and and if you if you stood me. Huh? Okay. When I said government, I was thinking of like China. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Okay. Different government. Different government. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I can't um I can't speak to that. Uh I'm you know, I'm I'm not I'm not subject to the their system yet. And uh well, you know. they don't have freedom of the press for sure. Okay. And, and you you better be very careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I say I'm not a, a, by that system yet, I meant I I, I was making it as a joke that you know since they owe, uh, own so much American debt that eventually they'll be uh, taking over the country, and it was meant as a joke. So, well, I'm allowed that one bad joke every session. We we never know where we're headed. That is correct. So. So Jeff Bezos, I think, um, you know, took advantage of a system mm -hmm. where, you know, we want to give autonomy to business owners. We want to believe the best in people that that they can have millions of dollars, have, you know, greater access to things that the normal person has and that they'll stand up for what's right. And we see time and time again, over and over and over, that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. That given the opportunity, they will abuse the system to their advantage. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happens when we have a system like this. You know, people with the most money make, make the uh, decisions, they can pull the strings, uh, they have a lot of power and control. Greed is poison. Chaos mm -hmm. couch gaming. Um, so, so as I've said before, um, money corrupts or power corrupts. Absolute power absolutely corrupts. Absolutely. So that's, that's coming from someone who's never had any other power beyond being an average citizen. I understand when you have resources, you tend to look at them as resources <clears throat> for your use and not necessarily the impact it's going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, and not necessarily the impact it's going to have on people that aren't you. So you, I own a newspaper, I'm in trouble my res my newspaper is a resource that could get me out of trouble. I don't stop and think this is morally corrupt because I need to get out of trouble. But it's still corruption. You're going to use the power you have to get what you need if you can to get, get what you want or to get what you need. So, so you say you don't have 
uh, much power. Is that what you said? No, I'm just saying I don't have, I don't have outsized power. Mm-hmm. Other than you know, as a normal average citizen, I have the same power every other citizen, every other non-rich citizen has. Right, right. So now the, this podcast we've had for what three years now. That is correct. Imagine uh, if you woke up one day and you had uh, a few million listeners. Mm-hmm. You think you might just have a little bit of power? Well, at that point, I'd have more power. Yeah. And I'm hoping that that I'm building on what I'm doing now to ensure that I don't abuse that power. It's, it's important to me. So, so when I make decisions now, I try to, to take into consideration, you know, am I doing it for the right reason? Am I mm-hmm. doing the right thing? Um, I don't attack Jeff Bezos just because I don't like Jeff Bezos. I don't even right. know Jeff Bezos, so I don't know him to dislike him. Sure. But what sure. I do know is that some of the actions that he's performed, um, injuries in his warehouse, um, you know, playing hardball with uh, uh, publishing companies to to increase his financial situation mm-hmm. are all morally reprehensible sure. because it's 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 him taking more of the pie for himself this and and there's never enough he's never going to have enough it is never enough no matter how much money he has he needs more because it exists You think he's still trying to get more money? Of course he is. Like just maintain what he has. I maintain. Well, that's I. I don't even. That's a question I'm not even going to entertain. <laughs> you think he wants more, huh? <laughs> so my last my last issue uh, is with Warren Buffett. Let me let me cue that up real quick. My but here is the summary. Warren. Jeff Bezos found himself in trouble because he was having an affair in broad daylight and he got... I forgot to... Um, there we go. All righty. <laughs> so one comment... Bring on a fixed income. Having more would be nice, but I've grown content with what I have. That that would be awesome, is uh, to to have a set income. Well, you know, have a range. So like, the the highest income wouldn't be no more than so many dollars above the lowest income, and then we'd all be in basically the same the same boat. So the 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 headline reads: Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, seeing substantial inflation, is raising prices. Here's the problem I have with that. Okay. So if you look at the story, um, let me go back. So I read the story. Um, it was on go banking. Oh, what was it? Oh, anyway, it's, it's the link is going to be in the description. So find the podcast and the link will be there. So he talks about Warren Buffett talks about this uh, that 
prices are increasing for him. That mm-hmm. there's more money because of the because of the um, um, stimulus checks. There's more money. Household income rose, and people are raising prices because they're running out of material. So, like housing, um, people are buying houses. I guess uh, there's no material, so they're raising prices because of that. Here's the problem with that. The, the the money that was given as a stimulus was designed to be spent to keep the economy from falling from from dying from basically losing so many companies it was necessary to infuse it with cash and what he's saying is because we've influenced infused it with cash now there's money running around everybody wants a bigger piece so they're raising their prices that's unconscionable to me because because the economy the all of this infuse is about the 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 uh, pandemic that has happened where a lot of people don't they they didn't have money coming in and this stimulus was there to help local economies and what the big players are doing is they're trying to get a bigger piece of everybody's stimulus money so they're trying to apply the same traditional economic rules to a non-traditional economy we're in a pandemic economy nobody should be raising prices no one should be adjusting prices based on the current economic situation. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I can't hear you. Were you talking? No, you, I, I don't hear you. Your mic went out. Nah. So anyway, um, <laughs> so so in this current economic situation, no one should be raising prices. It is not a standard economy, and it should not be treated as such. It is an exceptionally uh, precarious one, and should be treated that way. So nobody should be making any more money than they normally would be making, and they should be. Um, protecting um, so we should they we should until we are completely out of this pandemic and back where we need to be um, that's what that's how the economy should be uh, be tr- being treated um, and we see opportunism that's I don't want to blame it on um, I don't want to blame it on the free enterprise system. Um, we just have people who are going to take advantage of the situation, regardless of the situation. You know, it's not a we're all in this together. I'm not going to, you know, suck you dry. It's I'm going to get what I can get for me 
and you just get what you can get for you. And, and I'm not because, you know, he's a, because he's a billionaire. I'm not going to give him a pass on it. He's just not going to get a pass from me. You still your mic still out. OK, so um, I'm going to talk for the next three minutes. And I'm going to let you make faces as I say things that you're obviously not going to necessarily like. Uh, we did uh, another comment. Uh, I'm a retired vet, uh, kind of living from paycheck to paycheck, but get enough to get by somewhat comfortably. And and I think there are a lot of people in that situation who may not necessarily be vets, but they're getting by from paycheck to paycheck. We know that there are millions of people that are one paycheck away from homelessness and things like that. And and for people to take advantage of this economy to advance themselves at the expense of the other people, um, the whole idea behind those uh, stimulus checks was for people to spend them. They weren't supposed to hold on to them. They weren't supposed to put them in the bank. They weren't. They were supposed to spend them. They were supposed to spend it. And now they're being punished because they did that, because they did exactly that. They spent the checks uh, to make sure that they, to save the economy. And what they're going to get for it is higher prices. That, to me, is unconscionable. So it would be in the best interest of everybody involved if those people who decided that they're going to make, that they're going to raise prices, that they're going to treat this as a traditional economy, for them to wake up and understand that it is an exceptionally difficult time and that hopefully they will help the system be better and not just profit from the system. Alrighty, so I'm going to uh, close it up at this time. I've really had a, a, a good talk today. Tomorrow coming up, we've got Deborah Briggs. Driggs. Deborah Driggs. And, yeah. So make sure you join us tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Time. I want to thank everybody for joining us, and we will be back tomorrow. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.